This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. You will not know because you're not a Christian. And I look across this way and I see how those words hurt on a heart level. And I remember going to that person and saying, I saw what happened and I don't think that was the right thing or the right way. And, and this person told me, I don't have a problem with Jesus or Christians, but I don't like the church. Because this is how the church often speaks. Can you see that? This is the perception the world out there often has of us. And sometimes the perception is true. That's how it came across. A lot of people are rejecting a misportrayal of the gospel today. And so the first thing I want to say to us is truth must come with grace and love. Number one, what a contradiction if we speak the words of the gospel without the heart of Jesus in the places where we go and where we live. Mag die harte breek voor die monde spreek. People will hear our hearts louder than our words go back into your prayer room and start here amen let your words pass your heart when you bring that wonderful truth of the gospel which will change a life forever amen though I speak with tongues of angels but have no love I am worthless I'm going on. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Um, I think one of the things, one of the things that Jesus is trying to say in the scripture is that if we have a lot of stuff, okay, um, if we have means, it is possible that the noises, whether it's heart noise or mind noise, all these things make, right? It's all these things we're thinking about. My car, my payments, my phone, my work, my friends, my party, my house. And, and it keeps us so busy. Remember the parable, come the banquet is ready. No, I'm just looking after the cattle. No, I've got this. No, I've got that. It is possible in this world that the noises in the heart speaks louder than the cry of the Spirit. And, and this may sound very simple, but, but just God made food. Did you know that? To comfort us and then we say thanks. It is possible that your spirit says there's a need for God and then I say, I'm gonna go get a pizza and I put it on that need. And that's very funny, it is. 
But it's true because I've got a credit card. I can at least make this moment of displeasure in my spirit, this cry, him drawing me go away by taking my credit card and getting new shoes or, or, or buying a pizza or, or thinking about getting a car or just hiding a party. And, and so tomorrow I will do it again and again and again. But when you have the cry in your heart, when you are living somewhere and you don't have means, you have the cry in your heart at six o'clock and half past six and seven o'clock and half past seven. And then you go to bed, maybe hungry. And tomorrow you turn to God. <laughs> you see that? The reason I'm sharing this is when you are on the survivor island, the noises are taken away. You have nothing. It doesn't matter how much you earn in the real world. We both have a banana if we are lucky. Hand of rice. John gave me hers after day 20. She couldn't eat it anymore. I can't quickly call an Uber. I, I can't do any. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just here. And it's interesting that the conversations start to go deeper to the cry of the spirit. One of the people told me, um, she, she said a, a prayer request and I did, I, it was really um, the simplest of prayers, a prayer for a job for a parent. My son can pray that prayer. I said, thank you for the rice and thank you that we can just pray for this person mom for a job tears why because when we are in that place where the mask comes off the pure gestures from others starts to touch us we take it in and we say thank you for speaking kindly to me thank you for bringing me water and in life, we've got all this noise. We just go on, you know, and we own this place and we own life and we're in control and we're not. Underneath the noises, we are hurting. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. Do we have that? Yes, great. And do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, we have it. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When the Spirit cries in us, and, and, and there's a light, we talk about walking in the light, the light of God shines on you like it's on me right now. And it shines on a place where you know there's a vulnerability. You know this is something, you, you don't have to talk to someone about this. You either need help or you need to repent. You need to say sorry. There's stuff that happened in the dark and now God is just leading you with the light. He's, he's placing the light on it. 
the easier thing to do is to take a mask and conceal because we have so many to take. In my wallet, there's a credit card. There's many masks I can access. The comfort of food, drink, places to go. I can right now book a holiday. I mean, you can find ways to mask what is truly inside. And the hurt remains. And the next one come. Another one. Up to a place where we cannot see anymore. And we are deceivers of ourselves. Who's the person that deceives you the most? Look in the mirror. Amen. Incredible. A friend of mine told this story in a sermon. Um, they had a, a week on the VH1 music channel where they showed the lives in a, of a, in a documentary way of great, great rock stars. Great. I mean, these people had everything. Think about it, they have it. Fame, possessions, everything for many years. And these are the people in the press and people look up to them and they say, oh, I want to be like that person. And how many times the story ends like this. How does that work? You had everything. And people would say the same thing over and over. 40 years later. I did not know how I got here. This is how it starts. I'll show you. The spirit speaks. You pick up a mask. You go six months. The Holy Spirit draws you to the Father and you feel it, but you can't right now because that person, that person, you pick up a mask. A year goes by. The Spirit speaks again and so it goes to a place where I have heard many married couples say, I don't know how we got here. But if we confess and come into the light, there's great relief while there's still time. Number two, you have to unmask if you want to know Jesus deeply. There is no other way. One must decrease. It's Werner or it's Jesus. I cannot uphold my image in your sight and want to uplift the image of God. One must die. I must decrease. He must increase. Amen. That's what John the Baptist said. There is one who is greater than me. I am unfit to untie his sandals. He must increase. And so why? Why can we take off our mask? What, what empowers us? Or what hope is there to take it off? I'll tell you what. When Jesus took his mask off and he was on the cross, I'm speaking metaphorically, he, he didn't have a mask, but he was naked on the cross. The father looked and he said, I'm satisfied with that. 
And so when you do that, the image of Christ bursts through onto you. His righteousness becomes yours. But you have to do the hardest thing. I have a problem of sin. I need saving. And it happens in those moments. But how do we create these places? I'm talking about the island because you have nothing. You, you strip from all these things. I'll tell you what. God will take stuff away from you to usher you into eternal life. Know it. It's scriptural. You can fight with me if you differ. Better a man loses his stuff and loses eternal life. And so often we are decluttered by God so that we can hear. But you don't have to wait until that happens. You can come and present yourself. But how do we create those spaces in this world where we're saying, um, can we have that next slide on? When sharing your faith, unmasking starts with a believer. The one sharing, we're talking about this heart. The one sharing is the one that must drop the mask first. The believer. Because that's how you create a space where people open up. Because if you say, I'm keeping my mask on, but I want you to take yours off. What are you? What are you? You're a hypocrite. I know Jesus, so I, I want you to repent of your sins now. You have them as well. <laughs> Amen? So we minister from weakness. We minister from brokenness. Amen? I want that slide that says, I think I gave you another one. That's okay. The slide that says identificationalism. Yes. This is to show I'm smart, these words. Say identificationalism. Okay. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm explaining two concepts and I want you to get it. It's, these are the words they use in church history or missionary uh, language. Uh, what is missiology is God's mission to us and our response to him. Now, missiology identifies two ways in which missionaries went out to meet people, okay? The one was extractionism used by the Roman Catholic Church in the early days of missions. And often these missionaries had great hearts, but their tactics did not work because what they used to do is they would go and, and with, they would come with a heart. We, we're from the West. Our houses is better. Our food is better. And you know what? Our language is better. And so they'd build a Western house and they'll get the people, the poor people from town in, maybe Africa, East Asia. They'll bring them in and teach them English. They would teach the gospel. And a lot of people would meet God. They would eat Western food, live in a Western house, sleep in a Western bed and teach these people Western languages. But often, the missionaries died because they were not used to the climate. But then, the whole mission would die with a missionary because everything was literally built on him in his house. And then, people discovered that the better thing to do is what they call ident to identify identificationalism, where you go to these people and you go and live in their house. 
and you sleep on the floor. If I sleep on the floor. And you hear the bok arm and the horror and alles van missions. And you start to pronounce their words and you eat with their utensils. And then they've got something and like, oh, you know, this is, this is what I'm talking about because he wants to fill you with love. Using the utensils in the place. And they would teach the people the gospel through the things they have around them. And then when the missionary goes out and another local person comes in, the, the person would say, did you hear the story? There's a God that can fill us up. And the gospel would spread through the towns, whether the missionary stayed or go. Now, why am I sharing this? On the island, we get to sit for long times. And uh, sorry, guys, you have to hear this again. So the one day I'm sitting with Tom, there's no light on me there, here. We're sitting, it's early morning, we are very hungry. We're always hungry. And the sun, it literally just came up, it's there, and we're sitting like dussies in the sun. Baby T-Rex. And time just passed. I mean, and I, and I told the ladies yesterday as well, if you want time to pass slower in your life, fast. Tell yourself, I'm going to eat in three days, five o'clock, okay? Then put the watch up in front of you and sit. Oh, you'll feel so blessed. Like time will not move, I promise you. <laughs> I, I've come to an occlusion We. Food speeds up the aging process. Any guys, I'm sitting next to Tom. He is still my friend. I don't know about him and John, though. Talk to her about that. And we sit, and you close your eyes, and you, you doze off, and, and you hope that when you open your eyes that the sun would be a little bit higher. Because when it goes down, you get to sleep. And maybe tomorrow there's a reward challenge or, or something. Some days you don't have challenges. Island days, they're the worst. Because it's the whole day. You're just there. So you sit. And you're like, now I'm going to open my eyes. And then I'm going to look. And the sun's going to be there. And when you open your eyes, it moved a millimeter. And you just, it's, it's just going to be one of those days. But I can't go anywhere. We just stay connecting, sitting for long times. Similar like the missionary that would have time to sit in the home of someone he would meet and not rushed. Oh, ladies, should I go? Oh, being messy, sorry, I should go. No, you're going nowhere. Just sitting. And uh, so I asked him, do you, you have a son? And he said, yes. And he started to cry. Tears came down his face. His son's name is Dylan. That day he went to school for the first time, high school. Grade eight. And he's crying. And now 
I'm not, I'm just saying, you're not gonna cry then. And I'm like, <coughs> <coughs> and now I start to cry. And he said, how old's your boy? I said, his name is Caleb, he's four. And uh, he said, you know, you should hug your son a lot because he comes to an age when he's shy to hug you in front of his friends and it will break your heart. Now, now is it snot? This what else? This teen die wange, teen die kop, dier die haare in, klaag, sal aan. How do you think Jean kept the hair like for all the time? I mean, it's, need to learn to sit with people we are praying for and hoping that they will meet Jesus. We need to sit. I'm saying it again. We need to slow down and be with them. That's where you'll get a heart and that's where they will see. You're not coming to, to you, you're coming here with love. But our problem is our life is too far. So what we do is we extract better. We say, come to church, we walk. Did you hear their small group? We go, what are we doing? We are only pulling into our space. We're only pulling. And it works. Someone comes to town, hey, I'm looking for a church. Oh, thanks for that. It will work, okay? It will work. Some people are looking. But those with hurts, you're not going to extract them to anything. Remember I don't have an issue with Jesus, but I've lost my trust in the church. You asking that person to take an incredible leap, you first have to go sit and care and love and engage. We sit with these people, we love and we care. And the word became flesh. Who's the word? It's Jesus. He became flesh and he dwelled among us. He stayed. He walked. He slept with the guys. He ate with them. He, he did not come in a day. It took him 24 hours to get the job done, but he stayed for 33 years. He had his dwelling with the angels he left and he came to be with people. Isn't that incredible? Last point. We can have it on the screen. May we learn to identify with those who are hurting. and Not only extract them. We cannot have a mouth of evangelism without a heart of love. People pick it up. But one more thing I want to share, and then um, we're going to pray together. I'm, I'm just enjoying being here. You guys are amazing. The readers or the historians, or if you've, Listen to a lot of my sermons. Somehow you might hear this, know the story. It's my favorite. Can we get the picture of that woman on there? Do you have a, yes, this one has it. I gave you the wrong one, but this works. This woman, if you know her name, who knows this woman's name? 
You want to take a chance? Don't worry. Kitty Genovese. Kitty Genovese, I'll tell you why she's important. Kew Gardens in the US. She works late at night and she walks home through dark alleys and then she comes to the door of the communal apartments, a little bit like res. You'll have your own door and your apartment will be behind it, but one front door, a couple of stairs. And often these places would be in dark alleys and a man observed her for a few days. The next slide is a picture of this man called Winston Mosley. This man died three years ago. She was killed in 1967. This man waited for her when she came home, attacked her, and I'm sorry for the graphic description, stabbed her with a knife in the alley. And she shouted, help me, he's stabbing me, help me. And people responded, they put their lights on and they opened the windows and they looked out of the windows to see what's going on and when the lights went on and the windows were opened, the man retreated into the dark, into a corner and he waited. Here's the thing, no one came down, not one person. Many lights went on. Still today called the Genovese syndrome, the bystander effect. Light on, window open, close, light off, get back into bed. Man came back and murdered her that night in front of a door. Now, what's the point here? When he heard our cries from earth, when he hears the cry of your broken heart, asking for help, he did not stay. He came down and walked in the alleys where we are. We are all in that same alley, all of us. came, set his foot on earth, into the alley, not with the thought that he might lose his life, not with the thought that maybe if I get the woman, I might be killed. He knew he would be a great example, Jesus. In the Old Testament, they used to kill a lamb to show that Death happens for the forgiveness of sin in a family. And what is he called, Jesus? The spotless lamb, given once for the sins of whoever will call on his name. Let us fashion our lives after his. Let's start by taking his hand when he comes into the alley to lift us up. And when he has our hearts when he has our lives and we hear the cries from the alley and we open the windows, we get down. Amen? Who's crying out where you are? If it's you tonight, we want to pray with you. We have to get in the dark places.
connect. Speak the words of the gospel with a kind, nurtured, loving heart directed by the Spirit. Lead with a mask off. I want to pray with you, but I want to tell you that I also struggle with stuff. This is what I'm thankful for, my breakthrough, and this is what I'm struggling with. And allowing time to be a missionary along the line. Leaf iemand raak. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.